There's no hoppers like show hoppers like no hoppers we know. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering only Murders in the Building, Season 3, Episode 7, Cobro. Or Cobro, depending on where you want to put the accent. I am Mr. Sal, a high school science teacher, watching only Murders in the Building, Season 3, for the first time, because it is new on Hulu. And I'm doing so with my co-host and former student, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hello, fellow Cobra. Are you a Cobra fan, Mr. Sarah? Right, you're in superhero movies. Look, look, I don't want to in any way give you the impression that I'm open to your ideas. So let's uh, get right to the ratings. Okay. <laughs> Rating. I learned how to deal with an aggressive performer. That's how you deal with them. <laughs> what, what do you think? What do you think I gave up to, Mr. Sal? I think what's your read on me? I think you liked it better than than last episode. Uh, I think you still are. I mean, what is this? The third episode in a row, or second episode in a row? Third without Loretta and Ben? Uh, second. Well, second episode five I'll, I'll had Loretta. Loretta. I don't yeah, know Loretta, but no, but right. Yeah, it's no been bad. a long time since we've had any significant Ben. Yeah. Um. So I think you're you're still a little miffed about that, and you missed those two. Uh. And this is also the third episode in a row where the three podcasters were pretty much doing their own thing separate from each other <laughs> until the very end. Um, there were a lot of references to the producers, the musical, and I'm not sure. I, I think probably they, they missed their mark with you. So I, I, well, the more I talk about this, the more I think maybe you gave it an eight. Uh, I'll say you gave it a nine. All right. Um, I know you like the producers. <laughs> And, and I did look up this. Oh shoot, Matthew Broderick fellow. This you didn't know accurate. who Matthew Broderick was? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I mean, okay, I'm backtracking. I'm, I'm going to say you gave it an eight. No, I'll, I'll keep it a nine. I'll keep it a nine. All right. Okay. <laughs> so you you I I think you're head over heels on this episode just on the match you brought, like especially the reveal of him. I don't know if they even showed him in any trailers or any sort of hype material. I don't think they did. Yeah, so I I think you were starstruck. You, you were, oh my god. So I, I Really, I don't think it matters what the episode was. You would have given it a 10 on that alone. Like all the Matthew <laughs> Broderick stuff. So I think you gave it a 10. Yeah, I did. Was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm so grateful for this episode. Let me tell you. I... <laughs> I I needed this episode right here because I was starting to get a little down on this season, but um, this one this one worked for me on every level. I loved it. I thought mm-hmm. I, I, the the produ- about? everything about the producers <laughs> w- it was so good, and it's like further confirmation that they're kind of pulling the producers. Like it's, you're it's, right, I, you did I, reference I, that for the yeah. very reason. You're right. I've been talking <laughs> about the producers all season and so like the musical the producers in addition to donna and cliff but i've been talking about this all season and so now that they i mean they've already had nathan lane on the show who's the other one and in the producers but he he plays teddy but that's he's 
he's playing a different character so that doesn't really count but to bring in matthew broderick <laughs> and and mel brooks who's the who's the creator of the producer in the same episode i was like oh my god they're doing it they are doing the producers and not telling us <laughs> so, uh, so so i i loved that plus it was hysterical um not to mention the fact that our girl Jackie Hoffman got her day in the sun. Uma I know is the narrator of this episode. She gets to be the voiceover. I wasn't expecting that one. Me neither. I was so excited. I like started kicking and screaming. It was it was fantastic. Uh, we get some Ozark style reconciliation here between Charles and and Oliver. Uh, and it seems like there's a, there's it seems like there's contrition on the part of all three. Remember the Ozark f- formula: contrition, confession, absolution, and penance. So it seems like all three of them have contrition. They all are sorry that, that they had this blow up uh, in the previous episode. Uh, Charles and Oliver get their confessions in with each other. They also get absolution from each other uh penance we'll have to see about that part but yeah mabel is still left out on the whole confession and absolution part too so um but she's clearly got contrition she's still got them on her lock screen on her phone so that means a lot it does it does mean a lot i mean that means a ton it does no i I, I actually came off as very sarcastic but no it means a lot yeah yeah (laughs) so so anyway i i thought i also thought that we got more plot in this episode like more like clues and hints than we've gotten in i don't even know how long like i uh, like the the what mabel gets out of dicky in this episode mm-hmm. is like wow i can't believe they're giving us all this so uh and i i'm well we'll talk about suspects but i, I don't i didn't see anything in this episode to dissuade me from the suspects that i've been picking Mm-hmm. Oh, fair. So, uh, yeah, I agree. This, this episode had a great plot, great job with the characters. I gave it a ten as well, despite not Ooh. knowing you're the producer. I, I thought it was well made. You didn't even mention him. I, well, I was glad to see the classics back: Uma and Theo. Theo, Theo oh my god, that's right! I didn't even mention Theo. <laughs> that's right. Theo was sick. At, oh, at first, yeah. I didn't even recognize him. I'm like, who's this person helping Mabel? by <laughs> in her what who is this guy and then he signed i'm like oh it's theo all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice to see theo back how so, about yeah. the idea that that tobert was a little starstruck by theo yeah that's that was it i i thought that was an interesting and really noteworthy interaction so uh, i anyway. think noteworthy fair yeah interesting so yeah i i, I think seeing those two um th- I complained at the end of last episode. You know, we didn't like last episode as much that well. Clearly, they're all going to come back together, right? I, I'm not like yeah. nothing about this screams to me that they're not going to come back together. But I think yeah. they did a great job of addressing yeah. it in this episode. Like it all starts. The episode starts with each of them, I guess, in a way, paired off or at least talking to someone about how they feel about their current, you know, situation with the rest of the trio. So, yes. you know, Charles misses them. Mabel doesn't need them, and Oliver feels he doesn't need them back but maybe it's more what he's doing for loretta maybe the guilt thing his is a little more complicated but well i mean oliver the first time we see oliver in this episode he's auditioning for charles replacement and realizing that he wishes he had charles back (laughs) (laughs) so i think it starts as like a professional um 
a professional regret, but it evolves pretty quickly into just missing him. So. Yeah, Matthew Broderick, he's perfect, but man, <laughs> I just and I mean, oh I god, know, I don't know him that well. I don't know him at all as an actor, really. Oh my god, actor. but Brod- Broderick crushed this. this. He's so good in this episode. But, I do think it's comical that an actor comes in, you know, he, he portrays himself in this way. <laughs> it's so and, funny. I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, man, like, he must be exactly not this because they would never have him portray himself this way if this was actually how no, he see, was. But. I think the more comical thing is if he really is like this and they <laughs> tell him it's not they're going to portray him. Um, I mean, have you seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No. Oh, okay. Well, I, I mean, that's what he's most famous for, is mm-hmm. he is Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, that I mean, the producers, he's, he, and he's done a lot of Broadway, actually. I mean, he talked about, uh, I don't think he talked about his Broadway stuff in this. But he talked about, uh, but but he's he was in, a, he's been in a bunch of stuff on Broadway. I know how to succeed in business. Uh, the producers, I, I can't remember what else, but anyway. Yeah, he, he he was awesome. He was so great. The 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 finger thing, oh my god! <laughs> well, now that I know that he's from, oh, when he finds out he's from, he's from Manhattan. Well, this changes everything. Oh yeah, oh you the pointing, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. a little lower. So I, I I did some research, and my research is that they they always would keep the gun around the hip, so he'd be down here, not up here, down here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was really oh, funny. Yeah. It was great. He, yeah, he was more into it than Oliver was. I, I don't know. So, despite giving him a ten, an annoyance I still have with the season is the heart attack stuff. I like know. now, <laughs> they just really dropped it. Like they just kind of. I, know. I thought it bothered me. I thought it was going to happen if there something was going to happen when Charles yeah. showed up at the end, or not the me end, too. but what, to to try to make up with with oliver uh because oliver was getting so heated with matthew he was, he was going on and on and I, yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, thought. So too. yeah i know i was waiting and for it i've never been so anticipated for someone to have like a heart attack or something the only thing i've anticipated more in a series is some kind of allergic to reaction to a banana but i was oh yeah you're right, right. Again, again, on that. again disappointed on that so <laughs> it's like I don't know. So I want to say this is Chekhov's heart attack, and then we're gonna we're gonna have to see something with it before the end of the season. But uh, I I don't know. I, at this point, I'm wondering if we're supposed to just have forgotten about it. Yeah, maybe we are again potentially. So I don't know. I, but everything else you said, I, you know, I I agree with that. I liked it. Um, plot like investigation wise, I think it was really satisfying. I liked what the characters did. I loved seeing Uma and Theo, and they weren't token appearances either. Like I felt like no. it was definitely interesting and really mm-hmm. added to the story. Uh, yeah, I hope to see more of Theo. I- I'm sad to see Cinda Canning. I was hoping maybe we'll go back to Cinda Canning or her. Um, I, I yeah, podcast, I, but I also was. I think that they're just kind of at a point in this series where they have guest stars that are going to come in and literally star for you know an episode. Yeah, they have so many big names. They do. I mean, you know, Saz is going to get one episode a season. Uh, Theo, at this point, is going to get one episode a season. I know Nathan Lane, that's uh, Teddy, is not in this season, but I'm sure, like, if they bring him back, it won't be as significant as it used to be. It'll be, like, for an episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, Tina Fey, Cindy Canning is another one. It's just going to be, like, 
here's here's your syndic- one syndicating episode for the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matthew Broderick as Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, it's, I I'm amazed by the stars that they get to come and do this show. It really is incredible. It is, yeah. It is a very star-studded <laughs> cast. Yeah, just for like a, and they it, just yeah. come and do an episode. Like, you know, Amy Schumer did two episodes. Sting did two episodes. It's like it's it's, it's really incredible. Yeah, you're right. Because normally when you get big name actors, like they're, they're definitely around for a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's a nice change of pace. It's it's almost a spoilerish thing in and of itself. You see a big name actor, <laughs> you go, huh? They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be around for a while, surely. Uh-huh. Right, right. So. Yeah, we just did that. I know we the just old talked man. about. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the old and uh, shrinking. We just yeah, that's right, right, right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Well, shrink, yeah. shrinking, shrinking. We haven't dropped shrinking yet. Yeah, shrinking haven't dropped yet. Nor do we actually know <laughs> if it's going to actually come to fruition. But <laughs> so uh, there, there's a there's a a gas. But anyway, yeah, I also gave it a ten. I like the episode. It's my favorite episode of the season so far. I would staple yeah. it. I, it might be my only ten. I think it, it, it's. It's definitely the only the only other ten that I've given was the grab your hankies episode, but I think I like this one more. I'm like almost I'm I'm certain I like this one more. <laughs> so this one. yeah, this is great. Oh man, and thank goodness, like I said, I I needed this episode right now. Yeah, it's a good time. We'll so, keep more of it up for the next three episodes. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. All right, well, Kurt, I think we should guess each other's favorite scenes. Favorite scene. This is hard because, I, and it was hard Why? for me to pick a favorite scene too. I think it's gonna—it's hard for me to pick your favorite scene. I, there's so many short scenes in this episode, and the, gotta cut around a lot. Only like a little less than forty minutes. Like characters to go through. I know it's gonna be a hard who set up. It it might be. I don't know. We'll see. But it is like it was really hard for me to pick my favorite scene and your favorite scene. But ultimately I think for you, I'm going to go with, with um, Mabel apologizing to Dickie and Dickie really opening up and, and I mean, dropping a lot of hints. So the, the watch, we get the comic, well, the comic came a little earlier in that scene, but um, especially the watch uh, we get the, Mabel talks to him about the hankies. We see him with the hanky at the end of the episode. So I, I think that that's your favorite scene. Okay. Uh, I think your favorite scene is just because you're such a Matthew Broderick fan. It's uh, when Charles stumbles. Yeah, the, the whole hype as to, oh, who's this person? The uh, oh, What's the, what's the uh, producer's son's name? Cliff. 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 When, no, when Cliff, wait, Cliff is the producer. Not, yeah, not the <laughs> He is the producer, but he's Donna's son. He's the, yes, he's, the right. he's a child. He, He's a younger boy. producers, yeah. But the boy, <laughs> when when his when his man comes, his guy comes in his favor, and it's revealed as Charles stumbles in on his wonderful uh, audition, Matthew Broderick, starring as Matthew Broderick. I think you were so getting excited for that. That's your favorite scene. That was such a cool reveal. I mean, really, I was like, "Who is this? Who is?" It? And then, and I, you hear Me him too. singing. I was gonna hype about you, it. You hear him singing before you see him, and I was like, "His, his voice sounds really familiar. Who is this?" And when it was Broderick, I was, I did kind of lose it for a bit. But this is not my favorite scene, though. I'm sorry. I was really banking on that. You, you also <laughs> got me wrong too. 
Uh, okay. All right. I wonder if we picked the same favorite scene then. We put that because I, I did though. not pick your favorites, the one I guessed for you either. I didn't pick that either, I guessed for you. <laughs> oh, interesting. All right. I picked, uh-huh. I, 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 I picked basically the Charles and Oliver makeup scene. Me too. Slash, <laughs> slash Oliver slash Matt breakup scene is what I called it. Uh huh. Yep. I th- I felt like I had to get Matthew Broderick in there somewhere because it was so great. And and that I mean that's where he does the finger thing, right? It's like I'm here, I'm not here. It starts with that, yeah. It yeah. With, yeah. Yep. And Oliver just like he just can't anymore. And he and he wants so badly to fire him, but he just you know, oh, that's, I'll see you in the morning. Okay. But when he opens the door and it's Charles checking the peepholes for, for Lester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lester, Lester wanted this. Doorbells yesterday, peepholes today. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was Charles uh, with the peepholes. I mean, it's almost instant that Oliver like welcomes him back wholeheartedly, embraces him, and, and fires Matthew Broderick on the spot. <laughs> Which is hysterical to think about anybody who's this desperate for a hit Broadway show t- to fire Matthew Broderick is like absurd, but because we know these two and we know the history that they have together and we know how much they mean to one another. It, it, it matters a lot and, and it makes a lot of sense. But when he did the thing with the horse in the oats, I was, <laughs> I lost it's a it. huge long horse. Analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was really funny. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I like the angle from earlier with the uh, Matt taking Charles's job for a mm-hmm. feral Bueller. Ferris, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> Now Charles takes Matt's job. Yep. Go. Go. <laughs> yeah. And I you know, it's it's so beautiful. That horse analogy is so beautiful because you can hear Oliver apologizing without actually saying I'm sorry through the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool. And and it it's I don't know. It, it just worked for me. We haven't seen them really together much at all in the last three episodes. Maybe that's a credit to the fact that they've been apart for so long. So uh, th- when they do get this moment together to really appreciate each other, uh, it just worked really well. I loved it. I agree. Yeah. Good favorite scene choice. Yeah, you too. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's funny when we try to, when we both end up picking the same favorite scene, we right. both got it wrong. guessing. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, I love the end too. And when, what is? Oh, he he tells Charles. Oliver tells Charles, "You would have made a better Bueller." And Charles is like, "Oh, do you mean it? Oh, I want to. He's perfect. (laughs) Oh, I want to. He's perfect. Oh my god. (laughs) Anyway, all right. Well, you picked a great favorite scene. I picked a great favorite scene. Let's talk about playing a little game who said it i have three quotes for you kurt and i will give them to you in what i believe to be ascending order from easiest to hardest okay all right build up my confidence yeah i'm ready all right. It's a lot of characters. You got to give me that. There's a lot of characters in this episode. There's a lot of characters. There a are a lot of characters. 
but I'm not going to say, just don't worry about it. That 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 is not a quote you're going to hear from me. Okay, <laughs> you're better than that. Okay. <laughs> All right, Kurt. Your first quote. Your history. Wait, that that's it. That's the whole quote. You your mother- your history. Okay, well, it's a Cobra reference, I imagine, but I just don't. Wait, I, I'm wondering if you could count. There's no. Way I, you... I mean, I it, it is Cobro, but we don't hear Cobro say it in this episode, so I'm not giving you. Yeah, no. Cobra. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. I'm no. not. Yeah, no. I, I'm just. I, I like. I, I I was trying to say my thought process out loud. Like I, yeah. I hear that Cobro Jason, but the who could have said that? Like, did Theo sign that? There's no way you, you pick Theo signing. No, I. The only other person, because I don't think. Either Mabel said it, Dicky, or maybe Tauber. And I, eh, it's one of those three. I think uh, I'm gonna go with Mabel. And for the scene, um, oh, you know what? It might be in the Mabel Dicky conversation when she's pretending she'd seen Cobro too. But that that's my answer. That is the right scene. Ah, oh, wrong person. It was Dickie. you had no. You had it. You go with your gut, man. It was Theo signing it. This is terrible. You can't. You can't. You can't. I didn't. I didn't. I can't remember that being heard in my head. I read that. That. That's. So I thought unfair. that was the easiest one. <laughs> oh my god! That, you know you're trying to sit you down. An arms race, Mister Sal. Find those obscure oh, hardest things. You started thing it, man. You I did not it. start it. I did not start this. You started this. The audience this doesn't even game. know what we're talking about yet because it's a shrinking episode. But yeah, as far as you're concerned, trust me. Folks, using me here. He started it. <laughs> I did not. I did he deserved not. that. <laughs> I thought that was the easiest one. I, I'm really worried about these others now, though. If that if that one was hard, uh, me too. Just that one was two <laughs> words, maybe three if you count the. You know what? I think I screwed up. I think this next one's the easiest one. Okay, let's see. So, well, it's definitely the easiest one remaining. I'll tell you that much right now. Well, yeah. It's the uh, last one. Oh, listen, I by the way, I know it's two words, but I elongated the S's intentionally <laughs> because no, it's a his. So, right. If you didn't say that, I wouldn't have even figured out the scene. So. Yeah, if I just said your history, there's no way. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No. Your history. No, you're right. Okay. You're right. All right. Second quote. And actually, this is the easiest one. Um, people are a collection of a thousand little details. Okay, so similar very close afterwards scene, but it is down. Uh, it, it's Dickie talking to Mabel and he's describing some of Ben's thousand little things he does, such as setting his clock 20 minutes early. That is correct. And and I really wanted to work this in because this is a, I love this quote. I, I just think this is. It's very accurate. Uh, it really is. It, it, I, I mean, never thought of it that way, but it, yeah, it is. It doesn't like to, at first, glance when you first hear him say people are collecting a thousand little details like yeah of course everybody is whatever we all have a a thousand you know attributes or whatever but when he goes on to describe it i i love thinking about relationships in this way that these things that annoy you these things that you wish you that, that you wish could change about the person become the things that you miss the most if they're gone and the things that you end up loving the most and finding the most comfort in it 
it's it's so it's so beautiful it's such a great sentiment it um it, it was it featured it was featured heavily in one of my favorite movies called eternal sunshine of the spotless mind i think i may have told you about this in another podcast but i don't remember what series it was but uh it's it's basically he's remembering this orange sweatshirt that his girlfriend used to wear and how much the orange sweatshirt attracted him to her when he first met her and then how much he grew to despise it and then after the relationship's over how much he missed it so i like that there's a whole arc about the orange sweatshirt which is really pretty cool uh but this it just came up also in another series that we were just covering didn't it oh it's it comes oh. up in shrinking I, I i feel like it comes up in shrinking uh if you think think about like mixed martial arts for example i'm still not getting it okay wait well i, I, well, I know what character you're referring to missing something well, it's like some flashback stuff no, I'm lost. You're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to explain this one. Yeah, sorry, right. I'll explain it off the podcast. But anyway, uh, I, I love this concept that the uh, that the people that are the the things that maybe annoy you are the things that you mm -hmm. really miss when they're gone. I just watched like an episode of Scrubs. I, t I talk about Scrubs a lot too. I love Scrubs, and it's it's by many people considered to be like the saddest episode of television ever. And really, yeah, <laughs> and scrubs, it, it scrubs, yes. And it's it the one is... with the Fortnite dance in it, yep. The one with the <laughs> and it is, I've also seen it on lists of the most shocking TV episode endings ever. So, both the most shocking TV episode ending ever and the saddest TV ending ever. So, I watched this this one particular episode just this this week I watched it. And uh there there's a line in it because two characters are are trying to one character they they're, they're getting married and one character wants the other one to take his name in marriage and then she wants him to have a mole on his face removed and neither one of them really wants to do it but and it kind of but they kind of drive like the mole kind of drives her nuts and the fact that she won't take his name drives him nuts so they say all right well we'll we'll do it we'll do it and they ultimately one of the the carla the nurse the the woman who's getting married has a conversation with someone who tells her that you know my wife used to snore uh, and I, I had her have the surgery to, so that she'd stop snoring and then I couldn't sleep anymore. And like, and, and now like I would pay money to have like someone snoring next to me. Like, so like the concept of, of missing the things that you thought annoyed you really resonates with me. I, so I love that about the scene, but then on top of that, there's all of the details about, hints and clues and plot points that are really really cool as well yeah i think he's been our prime suspect for a while we'll, we'll see right that is in the incident report but yeah definitely that that, that alone yeah the second dickie's on screen my i'm i'm glued mm -hmm. i'm like huh he tells us he was adopted yes like, he was adopted. We've, been, we've been we've been talking about that for a few episodes now that he's <laughs> he's adopted um Ben's family thought they couldn't have children, so they adopted Dickie. And then along came Miracle Ben. And he spent his whole life protecting Ben, cleaning up his messes, and so forth. But he misses all those little things about him. I think, so, 
Is but, Loretta his mother? I I believe so. I I, I think, think it's so like too now. I, oh, yeah. I I that's locked in. I'm pretty sure. So, um, but Mabel thinks that they owe it to Ben and to themselves to find Ben's real killer. And Dicky does the thing that Oliver did last episode. Says they already arrested somebody for that crime. It's Greg. He was here. At, he left the building at 12:08. Ben died at 12:06. Like it's a it's a done deal. It's a lock. So and he dismisses Mabel. So we learned so and, and we learned about the watch being set twenty minutes slow, right? Early, twenty minutes early. Yeah, right. So we learned about that. Like so much stuff that we learned from Dicky in this scene. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a good yeah. scene. The you know, I did, was one of my favorite scenes. I, I it, this about. was my runner-up. This is what I would have picked if I didn't pick the um, the makeup scene. By the way, I we didn't even talk about the scene where Theo signs it's uh, your history, but uh, we should probably go back and talk about that a bit. This whole thing is taking place in Ben's apartment because Dickie's having a silent auction, right? Uh, and they they geek out, Theo geeks out about Cobro, uh, which was apparently created by Ben. That's that's what he tells Mabel. Uh, they the the flyer for the auction has a picture of the original Co- Cobro comic book that Ben allegedly created and it's signed B. It looks like a B B uh, Glenroy. Uh, and so Theo points this out. I don't know if you, co- have you ever seen Anchorman? The news report? No, I've never seen Anchorman. Okay. Paul Rudd is in Anchorman and one of his most famous scenes is he's he's a little sex crazed and he he gets a new cologne called sex panther and it's he goes 60 percent of the time it works every time like that's one of his most famous lines from anchorman there was a sex panther poster on the wall in ben glenroy's apartment oh wow yeah <laughs> that was I, I i was like wait a minute is that am i seeing things is that right and sure enough that's what it was anyway um dickie does kind of introduce himself to mabel and mabel uh fakes like she knows what's going on with cobra which of course she doesn't theo kind of helps her out via sign language from across the room <laughs> but dickie rejects any notion of answering questions for a podcast he's just not going to do it Jeez, everyone's always trying to take a buck to make a buck off of his brother's death. Now, where's that minimum bid of five thousand dollars? <laughs> or Dicky? Yeah, I I really enjoyed that though too. That was really it's, funny. It's hysterical, and it's it's the type of line that could easily easily slip past. Like it, it moved into the next scene pretty quickly, and I had to like think about that. I was like, what, did he just? do what i think he did and that's like he did he's criticizing people for trying to make a buck off his brother and he's auctioning off all his stuff that's pretty funny anyway all right one final quote for you you ready oh yeah this is the hardest one i don't, well, I don't think judging by how it's trending i think it'll be the easiest one well that the trend does look in that direction but i screwed up and, and gave you the the middle one first but this is this is the hardest one you ready? Hit me, with the, hit me with the easiest one yet. It ran for over six years. Oh my god. This, yeah, this, this is this, so hard. This is wait, so this, hard. Wait, 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 wait. This six years. Wait, this I, I, I think I could get this one. Really? I, 
it ran for over six years. Man, I, this this is gonna kill me if you tell me what this is. Wait, this ran. Read it to me again. It ran for over six years. Hmm. I don't. I, I guess I don't want to. Guess. Man, I'll, I'll try to give it to you. I'll try to impersonate the person who said it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not too okay. It ran for over six years. That's a terrible impersonation, but maybe that helps. You just want to say Lester, but I don't think it's Lester. I don't think. <laughs> I. Man, I, I, I don't know. I, I'll just say Lester. It's not oh, Lester. oh, is it Mel Brooks? Yes, it's Mel Brooks. Yes, it was. Yes, he said. Oh, <laughs> good for you. I mean, that, that second choice, but yeah, good oh, for you. <laughs> well, it's the type of thing where after I sit, you send an email and you realize there's a typo or something. <laughs> yeah, right I after know. you send it, yep. you even meticulously reading through it a few times, oh, it looks good. Send. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought that would be the hardest one for you because I didn't. I wasn't sure you even knew who Mel Brooks was. I wasn't. Uh, actually, I swear I've heard of the name before, but I mean, I because I don't know if, the episode. I mean, did they? He Oliver refers to him as Mel in the scene, but well, I I, I made the assumption <laughs> that he uh, right made stuff that he was in. So I, I yeah, I found out from there. Okay. Yeah, well, I, uh, this is just more brilliance. I just can't believe they got another producer's person in here. Like, I really believe they're doing the producers here. But Oliver FaceTimes with Mel Brooks, uh, who, by the way, Oliver has never seen the producers, and this is where Mel Brooks is just shocked by this. It ran for over six years, and it just timing never worked out for me. Uh, but. He tells Oliver that he's screwed because he let Broderick think he was open to his ideas. Like, yeah. You didn't, under no circumstances, <laughs> should you let him know that you're open to his ideas. You didn't do that, did you? You're screwed. <laughs> Not that nicely, but yeah. No. <laughs> oh, God, it's so funny. Mel Brooks, what a, what a treasure that man is. Ah, love him. Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Silent Movie, Spaceballs, Robin Hood Men in Tights, The Producers, are a few movies I could name. Really? Wow. He's <laughs> been around a while, but in the... Oh my God, he's been around forever. Yeah, I keep his, his... His... The... the the I think that probably the peak of his career is like probably the 70s. 70s. Yeah, stuff is really the producers came. The, the producers came came out in the sixties. Mm -hmm. He's got stuff back in the fifties. I'm looking at it right now. He's a narrator voiced in a '63, and yeah. uh, oh, sorry, he's a he's a window washer. It's one. He's probably like a background. He might be a kid in it, but it's '51. Yeah, well, I mean, something. like as an actor, he's in some of his movies. He's not in. Well, I guess he's probably in all of his movies, but it's very minor roles in some of them. Some of them he has bigger roles. Some of them he has the main role. But um, he was more known for writing and directing than for acting. But anyway, so Mel Brooks making an appearance, just amazing to me. All right. Well, you got one out of the three. <laughs> but thanks. Better luck next time, Kurt. I'll remember this. I know you will. Listeners, you'll 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 hear it forward. <laughs> yeah, it'll be maybe a while. like maybe like five weeks from now. 
Look, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I like finding quotes that are non-traditional, just spoken words. Mm-hmm. So I, I like if it's a song lyric, I like using those. If it's sign language, I like using that. What about thoughts? You're going to use thoughts now? Like I, <laughs> I think that's what they were thinking in their head. I just made that up. I might. <laughs> Look out for it. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's hit the recap. All right. It feels like we spent a lot of time gushing over this episode. So let, let me just let me fly through the recap here. Uh, I was very excited when Uma was the narrator for the episode. Turns out she likes Nothing. people. Well, some people. But the problem is that people leave. So she prefers stuff. Is she a klepto? Yeah, maybe. I like this. They introduced that Uma's the klepto. I know. That's really cool, right? <laughs> this is something that we didn't know. Like, all we really knew about Uma from before was that she was friends with Bunny. That was, that was about it. But we and and there's a a really sad like visual here of her splitting the sandwich with Bunny who's not there. The, the, first we see her splitting the sandwich with Bunny who is there, then she kind of fades out and she's just moving her sandwich over to Bunny's side of the table. Yeah, it is kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But and we relive Ben falling through the elevator and Uma exclaiming her disdain for it. <laughs> And Charles spotting the hanky. That's spotting the hanky. That's right. That's really important, actually. She spots the hanky. So Charles runs into Uma at the pickle diner. They they split a sandwich. Uma does give her, uh, well, she keeps her half, and she gives the other half Bunny's half. And Charles say she splits a sandwich because Charles ends up paying. Oh, that's I know. I know. But she wants to know what happened with Oliver and Mabel. Charles opens up a bit. He's convinced that they'll call any second. Eh, somebody calls, but it's not them. Uma's glad that Bunny wasn't dead to her when she was actually dead. She's got this, I think, really cool line where she says, there are three kinds of people, alive, dead, and dead to me. So, I do like uh, that class. Yeah, it's really cool. All right. Anyway, she has dead Ben's hanky, as it turns out. Charles sees it in her purse. And she sticks Charles with the breakfast, lunch, and dinner bill. (laughs) Theo, meanwhile, helps Mabel pack up. And he asks about the others. And she says, well, you know what? She's on her own now. He suggests talking to Dickie. Because Dickie is having a silent auction upstairs in Ben's apartment today. Oliver, Donna, and Cliff have a hard time finding a replacement for Charles. (laughs) They're pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad. So Donna suggests that Oliver swallow his pride and get him back. Oliver has far too much integrity. <laughs> Donna says, no, you don't. This would be a great time to take advantage of that fact. The producers are so funny. Cliff, when he's like, I right. hate the pressures of producing. This is more, more alliteration than yeah, that. That's right. And then, it, it, oh, I have an idea. I can make a, I, I have an idea. And then Donna, yeah. you know, well, why would you too- pass those ideas through me? So I can filter them first. <laughs> And he's doing like plyometrics while he's talking. It's really really funny. Anyway, uh, Cliff does have this idea. And he comes through and he just tosses the phone to Oliver. See, it's not nobody. It's Matthew freaking Broderick. And Matthew Broderick nails it. 
Charles, who uh, ran into his uh, herd of his doppelgangers on the elevator. That was also really <laughs> really funny. Uh, looks in on the audition, and they uh, they have a history, maybe even a rivalry. These two, Charles and Matthew Broderick. Now, at this point, I just want to just mention that now we have seen each of the three podcasters separate from each other, missing the others, or maybe Mabel isn't outwardly admitting she's missing the others, but they're all they all have found someone to talk to about this well maybe oliver hasn't found someone to talk to about it uh, yeah, yeah i mean he's talking to donna about it and, and very pridefully talking to donna about it so true up in ben's apartment we get the scene that we already talked about uh between dickie and mabel so we'll skip ahead matthew broddick warns oliver how committed he is to his roles uh, this is this was great too when i when i was in war games i learned to code I mean, this is for my role in election. He says, uh, I, I started teaching high school and dating some students. <laughs> Have you ever seen election? I know I have now, oh but I presume that happens. It, it actually doesn't, which is really, <laughs> oh. not, not him. Another character dates a student, but not his character. So I was a little surprised to hear him say this, but uh, election is so good. It is amazing if folks if you haven't seen election you should see election it is phenomenal it's, uh, it's, it i mean it's it's comedy it? but it's kind of a dark comedy um uh, but I, I mean if you like going the murders in the building i i feel like you're gonna like election it is it is i mean it's pretty crude though so <laughs> uh, the, the premise is that matthew broderick is a social studies teacher in a high school and there's a student government that election. Is very <laughs> there's a student uh-huh. government election and someone who he deems as dangerous is running unopposed for student body president. <laughs> okay. And so he decides it seems to, to tamper with the election. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's very, very funny. Like like one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Anyway, moving on. Matthew Braddock warns him, look, I'm really committed to my roles. Charles takes a break from reading How to Talk to Women and goes through the hankies. This gives him an idea. Maybe he needs to get that hanky from Uma. I know he had all the hankies. Like When I saw this, I was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Charlie, he punched him. (laughs) He kept that a secret. Now he's got all the hankies. And then I, I paused and I was like, Huh. Now, well, maybe he just collected everyone's hankies. But it's just everyone else's hankies. Which... That's exactly what he, I mean, he yeah. says uh, at one point earlier in the season that Kimber's the only one who didn't give him her hanky. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Remember, he was going to make a quilt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not, not much progress on that quilt. I Anyhow, the hankies. That's the hardest part. I think. Yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But Broderick continues to nail his his rehearsal 38 times deep. And when Oliver tells him that the constable is from wherever Matthew Broderick is from, oh, he's got to rethink the whole thing. <laughs> and we can you can see Oliver getting exasperated here. Like he's he's had enough oh, of yeah. this. Mm-hmm. All right, next is Mabel apologizing to Dickie, so we'll skip ahead. Charles tries to get the hanky from Uma as a peace offering for Oliver and Mabel. He misses those little things like 
millennial references he doesn't get and parties with Buck Henry. It's all stories about them anyway. This is directly tied in with what Dickie had just told us in the previous scene, right? That people are uh, just, I don't want to get this wrong because I think it's too important. People are a collection of a thousand little details. Um, and Charles is remembering those details, things that may have driven him nuts when Mabel and Oliver were with him, but now that they're gone, he misses them. Anyhow, she sold the the hanky for to one of those snake dorks upstairs yeah. for seven grand. A cobro. That's right, a cobro. Ain't no ain't no shame in that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Seven thousand hanky. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. For, okay. For... Next Oliver FaceTimes with Mel Brooks, so we'll skip ahead again. Mabel sees the watch on Ben's wrist in the photo is twelve oh six. That's what the police said the time of death was because that's when his watch stopped, presumably because of the fall. But Dickie told her that Ben always sets his watch 20 minutes early. So he actually died not at 12.06, but 12.26. And at that point, Greg was already gone. So Mabel has deduced here that Greg is probably innocent and sitting in jail for no reason other than chaining her up to a toilet. Yeah. Uh, so two things here i want to know number one mm-hmm. was i feel like maybe there's no cameras in this apartment building i don't know how common nah. are there cameras i feel like there was a camera the cops did like get those records and they would yeah. immediately go ah so the time of death because the you know we have it on camera is twelve twenty six. this watch is not accurate but whatever maybe, maybe they don't have any cameras but number yeah. two did you see the hilarity that was theo in the scene I don't know if you. It, it was very brief here, Mr. Stable. When Mabel suddenly she looks, she's staring at that photo and pieces it all together, and she starts explaining it. Yeah, she, she starts talking. She starts just kind of talking normally. Stops signing and starts like walking away from Theo, talking. She's just talking uh-huh. out her mind's thoughts. But yeah, she's talking to Theo. But when she starts to do that, Theo like looks and like rolls his eyes because he can't understand what she's saying anymore. <laughs> That's hysterical. I missed it. Oh. <laughs> he makes he makes a look. I think it's the I think it's the funniest moment in the episode. Oh, he makes God. a look because she just starts going on, you know, this, you know, the, her theory of this and not looking at him and not signing it up. That's hysterical. I I missed that. I'll have to go back and check that out. That's really cool. Uh, anyway, there you go. Oh boy. Well, anyway, Greg was already gone when Ben died. So Tobert suggests they call their new podcast the Bloody Mabel Podcast. He even has the logo ready to go. But she rejects that outright. Absolutely not. And Tobert, when Theo comes in, starts to fanboy. You're a really interesting character. And, and like he is a bigger fan of only merge in the building than he was letting on in that armoire, I think. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. The way, I, the way he gets about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he has known a lot more and kind of worked his way in a lot more, a lot less spontaneously than we may think we may have thought, but only time will tell. Theo has the flyer from the auction, and the original comic cover might have been R. Glenroy instead of B. Glenroy, because that 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 B looks like it was kind of tampered with. But if Ben stole the idea from Dickie, that's that's motive. I and I love this line. Tobert says something like, 
you know, so just to be clear, we're basing our entire theory on the fact that this B might be an R. <laughs> and Mabel says, uh, we have accused, we once accused Sting of murder because he didn't like dogs. This is actually pretty solid evidence for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's, good. That's fantastic. Now, anyway, we, uh, we already covered uh, Matthew Broderick uh, getting on Oliver's last nerve and then the reconciliation between Oliver and Charles. So we'll skip ahead here. Mabel is overwhelmed by Tobert's setup and decides that she's just going to record on her phone. And Theo and Tobert, neither one of them can figure her out. So they at least have that in common. Charles tells Oliver about Uma and the hanky. Oliver finally comes clean about the scrapbook and they decide to try to win Mabel back by showing the scrapbook to her and then groveling if necessary. Problem is when they go to see Mabel, she has already moved out and she's dropped a new episode in it. She proclaims Greg's innocence and we get this little, uh, I guess it's got a kind of a montage over the intro of the new podcast episode. Lester's listening. Uma is listening with obviously stolen headphones. <laughs> uh, and Dickie is crying with dead Ben's hanky and detective Biswas reopens Ben's case. Uh, he's commiserating on the phone with someone. He says, you were right. They are a pain. So we can only assume, at least I did, that this is Detective Williams on the phone with him. I I hope we see Detective Williams. I I think we are going to. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think we'll... Well, wait a second. No, Ian. Uh, I don't think we are. Never mind. I don't think we're going to see Detective Williams. I forgot this detective's name, but no. Yeah, cool. I'm this Detective is, Williams. But... This is Biswas. Yeah, no. I Detective Williams Dunzo. This was here for life. Okay. And you know, it just now dawned upon me that Dickie bought the uh the hanky from Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I then I realized that I, I wrote down in one of the things as mm, Dickie is a bloody hanky. Interesting. <laughs> he makes a lot the... of sense. He's the he's the the snake dork. The snake dork, he is. Yeah. That's right. Makes sense. So if I read you the description of next episode, you you, you want to recant that, <laughs> what you just said? Well, this is so unfair. I didn't read the description. <laughs> I'll give you an opportunity here. So, Fine, I'll by the way, that. next episode is called Zitzprobe, which is a German term that is, uh, it means that the rehearsal, the first rehearsal of the cast of a musical with the orchestra. So, it's called Zitz Probe. And the description is, on the day of the show's most critical rehearsal, the pressure mounts. A familiar official returns to upend the case. Loretta's complex past threatens to upend all else, and Charles must finally sing his number without losing his marbles. So I believe that the official returning to upend the case is going to be Detective Williams. But I wonder if it's our... It could be Biswas. They could be talking about Biswas. Biswas. I don't know. Well, indifferent. That's how I feel. <laughs> what if it's uh, what was his name? Kreps? Was the uh the guy who was working with Poppy last season? Detective Kreps, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It was. Yeah. Maybe it was him. Oh, well, he's back again. Somehow. <laughs> Maybe he's back. All right. All right, Kurt. What time is it? 
Oh, you know what time it is, Mr. Sal. I, I do, I do. It's, it's TV time. Yeah, it is. Ain't no time like a TV time. I believe the people gave this episode a five. Almost, oh, they better have. Most certainly they, they did. They did, 72%. It was a great episode. Now the character ratings. Oh, 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 oh. Who are, who are votable people? Is it still the same five? Yes. So really, it's just the podcasters. <laughs> oh, geez. So that makes this really hard, I, th- I, I think. Uh, yeah. I, I, I said that you said Charles. I think you said Oliver. I think the people said Mabel. I also think the people said Mabel. And let's see if they did. They sure did. 74% of the people said Mabel. All right. And you, and you got me right. I said Oliver. I also said Oliver if uh, I had okay. to pick. <laughs> I know. Those. But, hey, well, well, why not? Let's release the cuffs here real quick. Any character in the episode. Even that would be would be tough for me. I I I'd be really tempted to go with Broderick because I just was so giddy about that. I mean, it was just delightful. Um, but uh Dicky would be. I think I might go with Dicky if I could pick really? for anybody. Yeah, I, I I'd say Theo. <laughs> a big Theo fan. I I'm a big Theo fan. But you are. A big they, Theo fan. they had a, they had a great season one episode with Theo. Oh. I know. I think about that episode sometimes. Like, that was such. <laughs> it was so was good a cool episode. Yep, absolutely. Oh my god! Yeah, there's no spoken words until the very end, right? The la- I like think the, so. the very end of the episode, the last thing, the last thing of the episode. I think Charles says like two words, and that's that's it. Interesting. Okay, let's file our incident report. I love paperwork, bureaucracy. Uh, <laughs> so I want to start uh, the incident report by just uh, uh, I had a, a message from a listener that I wanted to talk about here. Uh, this is from Danielle. Uh, Danielle tells us that her husband noticed last episode in the theater when they are in KT's office and they're talking about the clipboard with the handwriting. Oliver is examining rat poison. Okay. In Katie's office. So we did. I did do a little bit of research about rat poison <laughs> and uh, the impact. It it, it's. I don't think it's. No, I don't. I don't know what the actual chemical is. Oh, but okay. I, I the way that it interacts with people is if you do consume enough rat poison in a short enough amount of time, it can kill you. Um, but it mm. certainly it certainly is possible that what Ben experienced could have been the result of rat poison except for the blood toxicology which came back clean so i don't know well so i wonder if the detective is dirty at all no we had that last episode actually or or last last season that we had a dirty detective that's why i brought him up here because i I don't want to i don't want to throw biswas under the bus here although his name is interesting to me i feel like that might be an anagram for something (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I uh, maybe. I mean, biswas backwards would be saw sib. Maybe biswas mm, saw. What could it mean? Ben sibling do something. I don't know. 
I don't know. Is, I'm, is, still, is I'm that, throwing darts. I'm throwing darts here. I don't know. Is that what like Oliver's gonna cite to prove it was Ben? No, no. That's I think it's or, like or, a hint to us. Yeah, yeah. No fair. No, yeah, no, I don't. No. I don't think it's got anything to like. I don't think it's ever gonna come up in series. But I don't know. Like title titles in Breaking Bad, you know. But yeah, that's the whole thing with the whole poisoning stuff is why didn't show up any of the toxicology report? And they, I, they've done nothing to show that the toxicology report was inaccurate. I you know. know. I mean, they haven't, or like, mm-hmm. so I have no reason to disbelieve it. It's like, I don't know. I mean, the rat poison. I, so, and they surely weren't using it on the rats. We saw the rat upstairs. Uh, <laughs> well, that doesn't mean they weren't using it on rats. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that they, particular rat didn't eat it. So. <laughs> no, Mr. Stell, I think I understand how this works. They weren't <laughs> using it at all. Well, anyway, uh, I still uh, am on this hydrocholine chloride theory uh, that they use the Romeo and Juliet poison or whatever it is that uh, it gets in your system. You appear dead and then you come back and that 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 was done by the producers in order to kill kill the show. This not kill the show. I'm sorry. Reopen the show under a new banner that would uh bring in a lot more money because you got to see the resurrected star. So I'm I'm still operating under that assumption because that would not show up on a blood toxicology report, I think. Uh, but it doesn't explain why the meth didn't show up in the tox. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's you're right. Because we presume they're telling the truth and that that could be the evidence we need to that's say a, the toxicology report is it is wrong toss. yeah yeah oh my goodness yeah so there you go yeah. so that's a possibility um i'm not going to run through all of the stuff from previous episodes but we certainly should talk about the the watch i think that probably is legitimate that greg was not in the building when ben died mm-hmm. do you feel like that's legitimate yeah i think it's legitimate okay. I, I don't think greg did it i think it's a good piece of way to help prove his innocence mm-hmm. we now know that dickie was adopted in fact mm-hmm. we also uh i guess we can theorize along with them that dickie is the or the origin of cobra good for him do you think he is yeah i do too i do i, I uh, it's a potential motive resentment mm-hmm and maybe I'm I was excited that Mabel brought up the phone call. Who was who was the phone call from? And Dickie I don't answer questions. Wouldn't answer that question. So, yeah. No. Uma's a klepta it's a klepto. Uh, yeah. Not were they? I yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't we'll I don't see, think we'll that's what she steals. Maybe she stole Ben's heart. Oh <laughs> interesting. That would be something. What else? Stole what the else? ground beneath his feet yeah. fell over. Uh, what, what else do we get in this episode? I, I don't. Tobert is a fan. So, yeah, Tobert is a true fan, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. That's no. Um, okay, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think that's probably all I need. But I, I don't think there was anything else that was that really stuck out to me in this episode that. We need to bring forward in the incident report. Do yeah. you? I no, yeah, I, I didn't write down anything else. Okay, so then with that, I remain steadfast that the producers poisoned Ben. 
with the intention of him being resurrected so that they could reopen the show because that's a hell of a way to reopen I mean, the show. I mean, we throw this on the incident report too if you want. What's that? The uh, the idea of mentioning the producers. No, yeah, it's true. <laughs> the producers at all. Yes, the fact that the producers is so heavily referenced in this episode that they almost are calling our attention to the producers without saying, that, meaning Donna and Cliff, without actually saying it. So, yeah, I like that. I am fully on board that Loretta is Dickie's mother. Are yeah, you? No. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're I think you're pretty spot on with all of these. Like <laughs> I, I, I I do think the producers poison him and yeah. I think it's pretty confirmed now that Loretta's gotta be yeah. his mother. He's they just said he's adopted. You're right. I did go back and look at those photos. Yeah, he's in yeah. all those photos. He's in all the photos, yeah. Yeah. I the only question I have about that is it came up in the I Love episode, we talked about this. I think that it, there is a possibility that Oliver is the father. That I don't know as much. Well, well, only time will tell. But how about the elevator shaft? How did Ben fall down the elevator elevator shaft? I am not changing my top two picks. Dickie, number one. Tobert, number two. I changed everything around. What? Really? Number one, Tobert. Ooh. I've, I've dethroned Dickie now. Wow. This is, this is simply just a gut feeling by how they're they're narrowing in on Dickie. They have I think it's positioning Tobert to be in a good position. Now it's, it could still be Dickie because he's my yeah. number two. Dickie's yeah. number two. So I well I'm not trying to say I don't think he's like he's still number two, but Tobert. Yeah. It, the fact that it's mentioned that he's a fan, kind of I know to me is like it's it's a good way of oh the showcasing a little bit, but yeah. then you know we keeping keeping a secret and wrap. So I so Tobert number one, Dickie number two, accident wh- number three. I have accident as number three as well. I think there's a really good chance that nobody pushed him. Stripped. Yep. <laughs> uh, talking about Tobert though, why would he? Why would he kill Ben? I don't know yet. I'll be honest. Okay. Perhaps he disliked him. Um, Maybe. Perhaps that work. I mean, so remember this. He he was filming him for a documentary, so he yes. saw a lot of things that Ben was doing. Yes. Who knows? Ben upset a lot of people with his, a lot of his actions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder if Tobert might have just wanted to create the story to cover, and and really wanted to become Mabel's podcast partner. <laughs> And this is his way to do it. I do feel like, though, that would be far too similar to the ending of season two, because that's essentially what Poppy did. Yeah, she made a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm still hanging on to Dickie at number one, and uh, but I will have Tobert in there at number two. So we have the same top three, just a slightly different order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I think uh, the past lines better for me, killer wise. I mean, well, first of all, I didn't have the opportunity in season one to to actually get any guesses in because I had already seen it. So, mm-hmm. but I will give you lots of credit for season one. You pretty much had that from a very early in the season. You were Jan was on your radar like the whole time. But I, I just people in relationships are suspicious. You know, Alice last season was nothing, and neither was actually Mabel's previous partners have all been five. 
I know. Yes. So then she's overdue. That's what I, I take that as. <laughs> I always say, Mr. Sal, bet against streaks. That's, I think that's a common thing I say. No, it's the opposite of what you say. Huh? Never no. bet against the streak is what no, you say. No, I you misunderstood <laughs> me then. Apparently, apparently. All right. I don't have anything else to say to you. No, no, I don't. Well, oh, yeah, you already told me. Next title. Yeah, Zitzprobe. 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 Yeah, not bad. Pretty All good, right. Kurt. All right. But while you wait for Zitz Probe, feel free to go back and check out all of our Only Murders in the Building coverage. All of our coverage of every other series that we're doing. We are just wrapping up The Old Man. We have just finished the finale. We'll have our recap episode next week. And then we will start shrinking. Apple TV's shrinking, which has been... And we're a few episodes into that. We're both really enjoying that. Uh, so check out that coverage. Check out the series. Uh, go back. Check out, um, I don't know, let's, say, let's check out Dexter New Blood. A lot of murder in that. How's that sound? Yeah. I think that's a good one for you to check out. Anyway, all right. I, I think we need to probably go ahead and end this podcast. People might think it's an AI. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.